a film that bravely dares to answer the question, hey, didn't Andrew McCarthy used to be in movies? Jamie? Yes. Let's go watch St. Elmo's Fire. podcast good times great movies formerly known as be kind rewind nope nope this has always been our yeah, name definitely forever. <laughs> except if you try and find us on right. twitter uh i couldn't figure out how to change uh, that <laughs> well it, you know what we're all about change we're all about mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. transition like bruce jenner or like the 80s itself we are all about the change um I am here. I am Jamie. I am one half of this podcast, and I am here with the always dynamic and forever fresh. Can I call you fresh? Oh, you're building me up way fresh. too much with that. But yes, yes, fresh. fresh. Dougie, Doug. I don't know that I've ever called <laughs> yes. you Dougie. Like the rapper Doug E. <laughs> Doug, Doug exactly. who was in Cool Running, yeah, right? Actually, yeah. Is that yeah. okay? All right. Yes. Nice. The slightly racist <laughs> Disney movie. About Jamaican bobsledders. <laughs> also. <laughs> it may have been done in the 80s. I was just so going to say, really, also, it could be a future cast of ours. Down the line. Right. Yeah, that's right. Stay mm-hmm. tuned. So, in this week's uh, uh, episode, we've got a new movie that we have we have reviewed for your listening pleasure. And truly, this this I have never seen this movie in my 80s life. I am looking forward to talking about this because I had seen this before. Oh. I had seen I had seen it a long time ago. I was in high school and my feelings about it when I was in high school very different <laughs> than my feelings about it watching it now. It is it these first two movies that we've watched. Uh-huh. This is exactly what I wanted out of this entire podcast. I I wanted a, maybe a movie I've never seen before right. but was genuinely just thrilled by. And then something I remember being very different <laughs> than, than how it actually is. <laughs> so, yes. So, yeah, last week we did uh, – it was our first podcast. We we were podcast virgins, so a movie about virginity. Mm-hmm. And this week, um, to celebrate, what, the end of school? Yeah, school is out. Right? Yeah. Yeah, graduation. My daughter's finishing school next week. My wife – teaches she's finished in a week or two and it's that time and those college grads oh those college grads they're out (laughs) they're done about to enter the cruel cruel world it's It's an unjust reality is what it is and um actually is it all an illusion we'll never know we'll never know if the real world is an illusion or not yeah this um this this crew of graduates in case you don't in case you don't know at all with the setup, the movie is St. Elmo's Fire. I, I love that you have the something to compare it to. Because I had, it was one of those movies that I had heard a lot about. In the, I mean, everybody's heard about it. But I always thought it looked a little oh, too. It's a, it's a legend. No, totally, totally. It's one of the, when I talk to people about doing an 80s, they're always like, about 80s podcasts, they're like, well, St. Elmo's Fire. It's part of that whole, you know. And uh, I think I always thought it was going to be a little too dramatic for my tastes. 
And um, I wouldn't necessarily say I was wrong. No, no. If, <laughs> if you're looking for something with no drama, don't watch no, this. No, don't no. watch. Don't get past the 10 second mark because <laughs> it dives headfirst into terrible yes, drama. Yes, these characters are riddled with. Um, it's just it's just tough times. <laughs> well, well, before before we get into it, yeah. should we go through our cast of characters? Would you like to? Now there's seven. Yes. Last time we didn't have this many no, characters. No, I keep agree. Track of. I agree. And I was there's seven. Now about half of them don't really do anything. But <laughs> would you like? It's a lot to take I, on. Do you want to talk about? Do you want to introduce the guys? I, I'll introduce that the girls. Sounds fair I'll give enough. You the, the more difficult yeah. job of introducing four. Yeah. Thanks. Fair enough. Plus, one of the girls doesn't do anything. Right, right. She has no personality. None. But None. Go ahead. Okay. So we have, and, and at first I didn't, I, it took me a while because I know them as their, you know, their names. I know Judd Nelson, right? So he's our Alec character. He right. is, um, he's kind of the guy that everyone seems to look up to, but he's kind of a womanizing jerk. And uh, <laughs> agreed? He, uh he he's turned Republican and and is is a sh- working for a senator and is uh, I, I believe on track to to he's just he's on track to be a Republican a change from what he was in college he was a Democrat he's not the only character to wear suspenders in this movie <laughs> either so true true but so well um, one of the characters that you gotta love to hate in this is Billy the Rob Lowe character I mean. He is, he's a, he's a saxophone play in hot mess is what he is. And I guess he's, be, because he's Rob Lowe, he's lovable because everybody loves him, but he makes terrible, I mean, they all make terrible decisions, but Billy really kind of takes the cake. I feel, I feel like he's Rob Lowe in the eighties playing Rob Lowe of the eighties. I feel like it's. I, I, I think that's, this was his set up character for who he was going to be in Hollywood is what I'm assuming. Um, minus, or maybe with the sacks, I don't know. Right. I, I feel like then he spent the rest of his career trying not to be this person anymore. <laughs> because it's a terrible person. Oh, it's really hard to like him. Like I said, throughout the movie, I'm like, I just don't know why this group, I don't know how this group functions together, but that's a whole nother story. But anyway, so then you have Alec, you have Billy, who are clearly opposites in their personality. Um, you have Kevin who is Andrew McCarthy and, uh, or Andrew McCarthy is Kevin, I suppose. Um, and Kevin is the writer of the group. Very sensitive. Always quoting, always life is an illusion. Love is an illusion. I mean, he's full of it. I love it. I love it. And then there's an adorable Emilio Estevez who we'll get into it later. I'm sure he's a little psychotic in this movie. He's our good pal Kirby. And Kirby works at a bar, and I think uh, doesn't know if he wants to be a writer or doctor or just a full-time creepy stalker. I think he makes Um, up his mind. But they, the four couldn't be more different, but yeah, you're not quite sure. I think Alec and Kirby live together. No, no, no. Billy, or Kevin and Kirby live together. Um, Billy, the kid, has a kid, and uh, Alec is actually in a relationship with one of our lady characters. Um... But it's a tangled web, really, of love in this group. So, As far as the women goes, there's only three girls. I don't know why they didn't keep it even. even but Emilio Estevez goes off on his little creepy <laughs> tangent, so he doesn't really pair off with anyone, which <laughs> I guess that's why they have uneven numbers. 
Um, Demi Moore, her character's name is Jules. She's kind of the female Rob Lowe sure. character, yeah, right? She's, she's out, out of hand. control. Yeah. She's always drunk. She's always high. Uh, sort of a drama queen. A lot of fun. Yes. yes. Um, Ali Sheedy does nothing. Oh, she she's does such nothing a dull character this in movie. this movie. I, and I enjoy Ali Sheedy. I just do. Yeah. And it's it's a shame because so many of these people are wasted in this movie, in these parts. I just don't understand it. But she doesn't really do anything except be Alec's girlfriend, I guess. Um, she's a she's an architect, which I didn't yeah. know because it's never talked <laughs> no, about in the movie at all. Nope. nope. I thought and, she just bought couches and for a living. I didn't know. In the gigantic apartment. So, and then the last character is um, Wendy, played by Mayor Winningham. Winningham? Yeah. Winningham? Something Winni- like Winnebago? that. Um, yeah. And she's the, she's what, the virgin of the group? She sort of dresses like she's a Mennonite? <laughs> I mean, it's really, the, sure. the fact that these characters hang out together is a total yeah, you, puzzle Yeah, you're not quite me. sure how they I, all met. That, I agree. An hour into this movie, I was still sitting there going, how are these yeah. people friends? Why are they hanging out? And I don't think... And she's the most puzzling of the ball. Um, there are some nice side female characters like Andy McDowell. And um, there is Thelma Fry from, if you're a seri- uh, fan of 80s series like Amen. The ca- I don't know her the actress's name, but I know she played Thelma in Amen. Okay, wait a second. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Before we get into this, let's just let's just start. You did the introduction. Uh, you um, sort of did the synopsis last time, yeah. so I'll handle it this time okay. because we'll get to that character. Which okay. I wish she. I wish this movie was about her. I really do. <laughs> I really do. I wish none of these people were in this. Maybe Andrew McCarthy makes a cameo, <laughs> but I just wish it was about the prostitute and the fact that they made the only character who isn't white a prostitute was kind of sad. So, all right. So these these seven recently graduated college, yes. they're cap and gown, arm in arm, so happy. Yeah. Suddenly, smash cut to. Car accident, <laughs> sirens, they're in a hospital. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. And it's immediate. It's, yes. As soon as they graduate, then you see that this you're going to go from joy to devastation. Now, P.S., yeah. did you notice in the opening scene at all the large naked man? Of course oh. I did. You can't, you don't miss that. And it gave me hope that this was just going to be a really wacky movie. And stuff like this might happen from time to time, but it never does. Well, it, it did so consistently enough in the first few minutes. Maybe that was the way to draw your attention in to say, where, where's more naked butts? It, but the weird thing is, is that they, Demi Moore is the only one who references <laughs> this fat naked man standing behind them when she says that that's her date, which I thought was actually pretty good. So anyway, Billy, the uh, Billy, the Rob Lowe of the of the movie, was in a car accident with Wendy, the Mennonite, the Mennonite mouse and, girl. Yeah, and they're dating. It's a Question weird mark? relationship that they have because. She's a virgin, so it's not like they're in it for the sex. But they're right. they're I think in her mind they're dating, but in his mind she's just She is married with a baby. Which we don't find out till later. Like I thought maybe he was married no. and is now divorced. No, he's married, 
has a baby, is apparently dating her, and as we find out later, any girl yeah. who will look he's at him. he's a slut, so he's all yeah. over the map with his, And yeah. I think this all takes place, and we'll get into the one holiday that's referenced, uh, yeah. <laughs> Halloween. I think this all takes place from September to November, maybe? Yeah. Because there's no reference to Thanksgiving no. or Christmas mm-hmm. or Mayor Weddingham, she's Jewish, but they don't talk about Hanukkah. <laughs> so I think this entire movie takes place in about two and a half months, which is crazy. It's an intense two and a half months, and to think that it's right after they graduated, you just think, wow, this group just jumped right into real life. They just, they didn't, I mean, truth be told, they, they Rob Lowe gets a DUI, he he gets a DUI. He makes a terrible sax pun when he asks the girl if she believes in premarital sex. Those are the kind of jokes in this movie, which isn't funny. It's really not. And at the hospital, uh, Emilio Estevez sees Andy McDowell, recognizes her, says, hey, remember me? She does not at all. She doesn't remember him. Even after he says, his name <laughs> says that they went on a date yes, they saw a to movie the movie together. Yeah. She still doesn't no, know no. who he well, is. Well, and then she's busy. She's got to take children and and heal them because she literally to show that she's a doctor. She holds up like I think a, a small African American baby and rushes through the emergency room yeah. with it. Like, and, gotta and go. This is actually one of two times in this movie when she walks through the emergency room doors. The movie fades to white as though something really important <laughs> is happening or a character has just died and it's not nothing important happens at all but she actually gets the theme music starts on her character oh, which I thought was amazing that is true the, yeah what would you what would you call it if the movie's called St. Elmo's and the song's called St. Elmo's? What would you say that that song is? Is that the? I think it's called St. Elmo's Fire. I think that's no, 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 the, no, no, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, it's the titular. I see what you're that's trying right, to yes. say. I'm like, it's yes. all called the same thing. Because it's wonderful. Because. The movie's called St. Elmo's yes. Fire. The music starts. Then suddenly they're at a bar <laughs> called St. Elmo's, Elmo's Fire. Like, all at once. Uh... It just all intersects. <laughs> and yes, that's the bar that they go to. That's the bar that Emilio Estevez works at. So they're all back at that bar because Mayor Winningham has bailed him out of jail. You assume this isn't the first time this no, has happened. No, no. The DUIs or the bailouts. Agreed. Right. Agreed. Yes. Yes. We, we find out a little bit about our characters. Um, Alec shoves Billy's head in the toilet because Billy lost a job that Alec got right. him. Right, right, And they think that's hilarious. He's totally cool with that guy shoving <laughs> his head in a dirty, disgusting public Which, toilet at a bar. I have, at a, at bar. a bar. I have to tell you, if I'm pissed at someone, that's a nice... I mean, that's saying... F you, friend. Yeah. And the toilet. Yeah, Shaking it out. We also find out, and I thought that this was interesting, um, that Kevin, the writer of the group, writes for the newspaper. He writes for the obituaries. <laughs> which I thought the families wrote the obituaries. <laughs> not not in St. Elmo's Fire. Not not in his world. They're they're outside of DC. Oh yeah, they're, they're, they just graduated from Georgetown. They, they, right. they went to Georgetown, which I'm assuming is a pretty difficult school. Is it a good school? It's it a good is school, a good right? school. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good school. Great for lawyers and architects. And how did Rob Lowe go? There? I don't understand well, this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How did he go there? And how did he graduate? 
He should be like eight years older than the rest of them. Well, like, maybe that's why he's got the got kid out. and stuff. I mean, who knows? He's got You're a right. wife he might and have been kid. Married. Yeah. <laughs> His junior year, he got married. Yeah, they went to Georgetown. Also, fun fact about this movie. Uh-huh. Um, Georgetown, the people in charge of Georgetown, I'm going to call him Mr. Georgetown, read the script and said, oh. you are not filming on our campus. <laughs> so they had to film the school scenes at the University of Maryland. That is an awesome fun fact. So uh, they're all at the bar. They're all drinking. And then we are introduced to Alec and Leslie's apartment. So they're living together. They're not engaged. They're just dating, I guess, and seem to have been dating for a very long time. Um, but they have a giant apartment. It's huge. It is just a huge brick loft where I don't know, I guess. But um, I don't just giant. And it's empty. empty. Space. Yeah, it's empty. They yes. have to fill it up because they've just their love is new, and he mm-hmm. is eager to be wed. And oh, he definitely. She's is. a she's a modern woman, and she wants to take her time and work on herself and her career. Jules comes over with some drama. I don't remember what. Her stepmother. Who she calls her stepmonster. Again, premarital sex, stepmonster. These are the puns that are going to go throughout this entire movie. She she says stepmonster. I'm going to say 75 times in this movie. Even when she, yes, yes. Yes. But she comes over and sleeps on their floor. Uh, remember he he drags oh, out like a mattress. Oh, that's right. That's right. And he's always he's the therefore guy. Come on, we gotta help Jules. Okay, yes. reluctantly. All right. Yeah. It, it seems like they don't really want anything to do with no. Her. Well, the girls do, and they but don't want anything to do with Rob Lowe. I don't know why these people are in their lives, and they don't care about Wendy. No, at it's all. a shame. That's what I mean. It's a damn shame about that Wendy. So sweet. Lily. We're introduced to their apartment. We're also introduced to Kevin and Kirby's apartment. Yep. Emilio Estevez and uh, um, Andrew McCarthy. Andrew, yeah. Andrew McCarthy. Yes. <laughs> yes. And this is when we find out that Kirby has a increasingly <laughs> insane obsession with Andy McDowell. He tells Billy, no, not Billy, Kirk, he tells, uh, he tell, whatever, Kevin, Kevin yeah. he tells Andrew McCarthy that he got her hospital <laughs> schedule. How do you do that? Did he write it down? Did he Did he find it, like, post it on the wall? Did he ask someone at the hospital? At some point. And did they give him that information? No one ever this his infatuation increases obviously through the movie and there's no care no one in the in the group of friends no one ever seems alarmed by it even the person he stalks Andy McDowell is only moderately alarmed by the fact that he really he has become he becomes full-blown obsessed and this is where we're introduced to that you're right you're right I'm I'm shocked that she's never terrified. No, it's, but she, she has every right yeah. to be. She handles it very well with style and grace, uh, like the doctor she is, I suppose. So, so after we're sort of introduced to our characters and where they live, except for Wendy, because nobody cares about oh, her. Oh, we know where Jules lives. I'm sorry, I just oh, had to interrupt you. That's quick. It. We're introduced to Jules' apartment, <laughs> which is the greatest. Jules' apartment is. Just as fabulous as her gay neighbor. I mean, she, uh, she's got the bright pink apartment, the gold vase. She's got Billy Idol's face, like, sketched on her wall. Everything, countertops, pink. It's, it's like, I guess, 19, I think it's in that scene where she puts on a bathrobe when she walks in. And even her bathrobe has um, shoulder pads. So she's just, the 80s is vomited all over with, a, it's just, it's it's disgusting. Her apartment is terrible. 
it's the worst part of this movie is that apartment. And Andrew McCarthy, who she invites over, seems appalled by the apartment as well. He He's not enjoying himself no. there. He says it's very pink. And I guess that's a joke, too. I don't know. But she calls him over to accuse him of being gay. Oh, the intervention, the gay intervention she wants to have with him. Yes. Yeah, that's a weird, um, I guess because we just want to know, we want it to be clear to the audience that his character has never hit on anyone. And uh, maybe that's what it is. I, I don't know. But but again, this seems to come out of nowhere. There's nothing building up to his character being gay or them thinking that he's gay or anything like that. And she just comes out of nowhere and says this. The best part of this is as he's leaving, she goes back and forth in without pausing she says look at me in this robe i will introduce you to my gay neighbor ron which is either a mistake in the script or a very bizarre line <laughs> written by her i don't know what she's trying to make him do i think she's confused i don't know if this is the first time we're supposed to be like oh she's on coke definitely oh right right maybe this is when we realize how how heavy drug use she's she's really that's into right. which is possible this is when we get to see the the high side if you will well also every scene in this movie it's like okay we're with these characters then we're with these mm-hmm. then we're with these then we're back to these and it's sort of a round robin thing right. except for this because we have this bizarre scene of her pink apartment then suddenly she's at work yes yes <laughs> and she and again, what does she do? Woman. She answers phones. I don't She's know a receptionist. She, she smokes a lot in her cubicle. I she, noticed that. She smokes a lot. She has giant glasses <laughs> and a tie <laughs> slash scarf thing on. She looks like she's working on Wall Street, but that's not right. We're not in the right state or city or anything like that. But the best is she's very excited to be getting paid, but the woman says she's advanced on her salary by two months. Two months. To pay for that pink apartment. All that pink doesn't come cheap. Don't you know? And then, yeah. And she begs for her check and the lady says she has to talk to somebody. What's the guy's name? You know it. I don't. Oh, Forrest. Forrester. Forrester, (laughs) yes. And and in case we, the viewers, aren't sure who that is, when the lady walks away, (laughs) Timmy Moore goes, the president (laughs) of the bank? (laughs) She's not talking to anyone but herself. And letting us know who this guy is, just in case we're confused. Then, this movie's insane. This is absolutely crazy. Then suddenly Kirby announces that he's going to med school now. <laughs> he was he was going to go law to law school. school while working at St. Right. Elmo's. But now he's going to med school because Andy McDowell's a doctor. <laughs> it's a great way to kind of end up with your obsession. Study what she studies. Become her. Right. Go to school for four more years to get a job, maybe at the same hospital that she works at. This woman that forgot about you two years after you dated. Kevin goes to Alec's apartment and he's cooking vegetables with Leslie. Yeah, they're kind of flirting, kind of. This is when you start to realize, oh, he's not gay He's just really into his friend's girlfriend, right? And Alec comes back and admits that he slept with a 
saleswoman. Well, well, well. Now he doesn't admit it to everyone. Right. No, 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 no. He, he just tells he just Kevin. Tells Ke- well, what, he comes home, and this was interesting to me, too, just from a, he comes home with a gift for her, and it's a nightie in a bag, and now it looks like the friends are getting ready to have a dinner together, but he's just bought her a nightie and wants her to go put it on, and then tells um, Kevin to just keep stirring the vegetables while they go get it on. However, you're right, before, while she's going to try the nightie on, interrupting their dinner plans, I guess... Um, yes. Then uh, Alec confesses to Kevin that he's he's. Yeah, he says that the sales girl <laughs> offered to try this on for him, which I thought only and... happens in like like Playboy magazine like stories. Like that's not a real. When does the well, I was going to say, I think I saw it in, like, Mary with Children right, or right, something right. like that, which right. probably isn't the best, the most reliable place right. to find out any information on what actually happens at stores. <laughs> so, and this is when I don't know if they ate dinner. I don't know if he just left. Right. But he's walking home, and he meets a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> who, this is not their first encounter either. No. This is the first time we're seeing it's them almost, talk, but she knows who he it's is. It's almost like every one of our characters has weird stalker obsessions. Of course, our, our Emilio Estevez takes it to the extreme, but it's like, it is kind of like Kevin, or Paul, or Paul McCartney, <laughs> Andrew McCartney is. is Paul, Paul McCartney. So, yeah, he is, he's stalked this, this, he seeks her advice almost, or her wisdom, or her, her soft touch to his lips in a seductive way. <laughs> yeah, she's only in two scenes. Right. And she's the most level headed <laughs> character in this. And really does speak wisdom. Not not necessarily with their first encounter, which I thought was great because like this I thought was legitimately funny when she assumes that he yeah. was gay, which I think is great. I'm like, wow, he's really sending off a gay yeah. vibe that I have not picked up on yet. <laughs> yes. But these people know him much better right, than I do. Right, right. Yes. So he says, I'm not gay. He shares a bottle of booze with her, which I thought was a little creepy. Yes, she's a prostitute. You don't know where those books have been. Right. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, he's also drinking like a homeless person. (laughs) It's just in a brown paper bag, and they're just taking swigs off of it, talking. But... To be fair, he just, he's probably hungry. He was supposed to have dinner at his friend's house. They've all decided to have sex and confessed their infidelities to him. So, you know, it's a hard night. You got to seek the prostitute to, um, you know, level you out. So from from that scene, we we go to another really great scene. Oh, oh, oh. And that's where Jules calls Alec in the middle of the night. And did you write down the line? Oh, I sure did. Oh, okay. Would you you like to do it? I want to, because this is one of my favorite, like, this is... When the movie gets ran, it just gets random. I'm with Arabs who have been forcing me to do coke all night. I'm with Arabs who have been forcing me to do coke all night. Now, wait, that's not the, that's not the whole line. After that, she says, I'm not sure because I don't know much Arabic, <laughs> but I think I heard the words gangbang. Yes, that's right. So... <laughs> She doesn't know a lot of Arabic. She knows some and enough to know the words gangbang, which blew my mind. Well, when you're learning a foreign language and you do a lot of coke, it's best to learn some of the, you know, terms that you might be familiar with. Blow, gangbang. And I love it, too, because she is in a panic. Oh, yeah. She is in a panic. And and as a viewer, 
you're worried yes. about her safety. And, but, and you're not quite sure this is as a viewer. I was like, whoa, this really got crazy really fast. Yeah, like, cause, and I expect Alec to jump out of the bed and to run out. No, it's just very, okay, I'll come and get you. <laughs> so you then you start to feel like this is not the first time this has happened. Oh, yeah. And he shows up and it's the most it should be super offensive to anyone (laughs) of middle eastern descent because these guys are in full garb and they're just sitting around watching tv yeah she's the only one up and doing coke (laughs) the other guys are just sitting watching tv and i love how alex says these guys don't strike me as the gangbang type it's almost as if she's just stumbled upon them in her coke binge her character i i just i would want a movie of just her character mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. i don't know how she got into this situation <laughs> why the, did she pick these guys up at a bar did she just run around this hotel knocking on doors that's what i that's what i imagined that she sort of is the coke into. theirs did she bring it with her because then he wants to take her home and she says I'm not letting all this good coke go to waste. And she calls some random dude on the phone. She uses the payphone, yes, to call some random guy that she knows they'll enjoy the coke together. Because he doesn't want to. He's got to work in the morning. Some of us are responsible, Jules. You know? Well, speaking of responsible, we then actually are kind of introduced to Wendy for the first time. We really haven't been paying much attention to her. But we find out that she works in a welfare office. She's such a good, nice character to be around these other people, and I don't, I don't understand it. But yes, this, this is probably the most, the nicest character in in the movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And Billy shows up. Rob Lowe shows yes. up. Yes. Um, and she says something like, "Shouldn't you be at work?" <laughs> he's never at work. No. I, I think he's lost several <laughs> jobs by this point, and it's been about two days since the car accident. <laughs> and. Then they go to her parents' house yes, for, for dinner. dinner. For dinner, yes. We Where her parents refer to him as her boyfriend, and she says, he's not my boyfriend. <laughs> I I don't understand the relationship. It's really confusing. It's very confusing. I don't know what she's getting out of it. I don't know what he's getting out of it. Well, well he's getting money, clearly. He's getting money. Oh, true. She does financially remember, support him quite a yes, bit. Yes. She says, here's your rent money before That's he leaves. That's true. That's yes. true. And she definitely has a crush on him. I mean, she's, she's the super good girl, and he's the super bad boy, so she's infatuated. And he's kind enough to pay her attention, but he's really not that nice to her. <laughs> But he's not he's not mean to her either. Like, well, he's not... to be fair, he's the same jerk to everybody. He he is the same kind of, you know. There's uh hold on, I have another another fun fact here. Um uh, a lot of people Joel Schumacher who's the director who also made terrible Batman movies. Um he he wrote, he said, uh, on the director commentary, which I didn't listen to, but I kind of want to. He said a lot of people turned down the script. Uh, and ahead of a major studio called the seven-member cast the most loathsome humans he'd ever read on a page. Oh, my goodness. And I kind of disagree with that because they're not terrible people. They're terribly boring. Oh, I have to tell you, I don't think they're good people. They're all kind of, they're all kind of jerks. They're very self-absorbed, yeah, and that's their problem. Yes, I, they're just none of them strike me to be anybody. I, I don't know how they're friends with each other. I don't know how they have friends. None of them seem 
yes, they're just all self, except of course Wendy. Um, right. Yes. Who, who who is a good character, yeah. and I don't understand again why she's with these people. But anyway, the. There are a couple scenes in this movie that I actually enjoyed and a couple parts where I actually did laugh out loud. Okay, okay. And this dinner was one part. I love how her mother <laughs> whispers, whispers words that are too horrible to I say. Can't like say. when she's yeah. He does drugs. Yes. The part that I thought was funny was when she asks him where he met Wendy and he goes, <laughs> I thought that was legitimately funny and it actually agreed, made me laugh agreed. while I was watching yes. this. There, but it is a good scene too because then after dinner he goes out on the roof yes. and her family is up and off. Oh, they don't know what's going on. Who's ever been on the roof before? They are, but then yeah. they uh, – yes. Yeah, so when they're first – He sits on the yes. roof. He discusses suicide which is not the only time this yes. will be discussed yes. or maybe happen in this movie. Um, and then they kind of make well, out for a little she bit. she responds to that suicide isn't her. She wouldn't think about suicide if she's still a virgin. Not while I'm still a virgin. So that brings up uh, that whole conversation. And, uh, yeah, I think that he, she thinks that, that you know, he, it, that's what they're going to do now is, but she's not comfortable with it, essentially. Right? No, no, she's not because he pinches her spanks, <laughs> right? I don't, know, I don't know if they had spanks She, she in had the a, 80s, quite but... a lot of undergarment on. And he, again, not kind. He was, but I think he says to her then, you're allowed to have fun when you're screwing. Like, <laughs> yes, because he laughed because at he her is, and her outfit. He is laughing yes, it up. He's he just, thinks it's hilarious. He's just been on she the call, roof. He calls it her school yeah. suit, which is... Very, very insulting. But it is funny because it, at one point early on when they're at the bar, she talks about how her thighs are yes, really big. Yes, that's true. So maybe they are Sphinx. Because she does. She looks in the mirror and she complains to Jules about how fat her thighs are. Right. And I assume this was written into the script for her because her character – well, not her character. She was pregnant while they filmed oh. this. Yes, she was the oldest one in the cast. Makes sense. She was in her early 30s. Everybody else, I think Rob Lowe was 19. He was the youngest. So as far as age goes, they were kind of on point with the casting, which was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. This, I I have to say before we move on from this particular seat, this exit, if... When Rob Lowe, when they have their final discussion, they have a fight. She doesn't want him, you know, around. He kind of makes fun of her for being a virgin. It's really... Again, it makes you really not like him. But he has the longest exit. When he leaves her place, he, like, looks up at the stairs at her and then turns back around at the door that they're looking at. And this is all almost in slow motion. And when he finally goes to walk out the door, like, he opens the door and this great big wind comes and brushes him. Like, he's leaving and he, you could tell this is upsetting it's 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 epic i've i oh had it not been the 45 minute mark i thought the movie was over <laughs> i'd be like wow this is a weird ending because again it fades to white yes. and it, and the best is he swings this door open and walks doesn't close it behind him <laughs> that door's open all night long because everybody else went to bed right. now mind you this was just the family and there's just a pile of cash sitting on the banister too because yes, yes. she wanted to pay his rent and he That's didn't right. take the money That's right this was the family that was just earlier concerned that they were all on the roof. Later has no idea that she just almost lost her virginity. And yeah, so, but it is not the end of the movie. Cause I think next is our, our 
he's playing. We're at a party, right? Essentially, well, we're at a Halloween yeah. party well, at Saint Elmo's, I guess. But it's a weird Halloween party. We only know it's a Halloween party because some people have ears on their heads. A couple people have some goofy, like the glasses with the mustache mask, and there's one right. sign that says "Happy Halloween." It's not like well, a. And I mean, Rob Lowe's wearing a shirt with bats on oh. it. So. <laughs> right. I mean. Of course. It's the Halloween bash at St. Elmo's Fire. And he is playing the saxophone like a boss. I mean, he is killing it. I did not know that sax players were the lead players. Like, I, I didn't know. I thought, like, a band had to have a singer to, like, really get people into it. It's just the band and the sax. And no, he's front and center. He is sweaty. Demi Moore is straddling a jukebox, dancing like a lunatic. She's dressed like Madonna. And I don't know if that's a Halloween costume or not. That might just be what she wears. No, no. I think that's just Jules's outfit. Yeah. Just doing some wonderful research. Um, there is a, like a nine minute thing you can find on YouTube, like behind the scenes of this. And Rob Lowe talks about how he learned to play the sax for this movie. Yes. Then years later, he said, nah, I didn't really learn how to play the sax for this movie. Oh! Denied, Rob Lowe. You fat liar. And it does not look like he's playing the sax at all. It is, no, it is a no. really bad performance. The best Agreed. is at one point he Agreed. jumps up on the stage and yells out, let's rock. And it sounds <laughs> so terrible. And I really tried to find that online to isolate it. I can't find it anywhere because that's, oh, it's the worst line. It's so bad. And then what does he do? What 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 happens then? Oh, uh, his wife shows up. Yeah, we finally meet his wife. Yes, and she yes, is and not she... attractive. No, no, she's it's very weird. She's very weird looking. She's very plain Jane. Like she looks like she stepped out of the Dust Bowl in the nineteen thirties. <laughs> and their house, yes. that shack, again looks like a Depression yes. era shack. <laughs> yeah, but he's never there enough. At least it seems like I don't know. But he, she shows up with another man, which for all his cheating and uh, having dinner at Wendy's house, he does not want to see his wife with another man. Now that just boils, boils his blood, boils that saxophone he playing blood. He starts a fight. Oh, he said that he yes. should have had a vasectomy at birth, which I thought was weird. <laughs> and Yeah, he kind of goes <laughs> off with advice about... Um, yeah, he gets thrown out of St. Elmo's, which um, yes. I think that's the last time they're in the bar. Well, they all get fired. If you remember, the bar owner is like, you're fired and you're out of here and you're everybody's fired. I love how so they all I get fired. They're... We're only one of them's working there. The <laughs> right, other guy's exactly. in a band that uh, who's paying them to play. There's no way they're going to pay for that I hope not. It's just for the Halloween that's bash, right. really. Yeah. So, but then he and his wife make up in the parking lot, which is weird. Yeah. It's it's like they fight. It's kind of their nature of their relationship, I guess. She just likes to fight with him, and then they yeah they reunite. And of course, all of this happens before Wendy's poor eyes, and you can't feel nothing but sympathy yes, for the girl. Yeah. She's um, dating some nerd now. So oh yes, she dates know. a Jewish nerd because she gets a Chrysler LeBaron for dating him from her father or something like that. There's an arrangement. Yeah, yeah I thought that was a bit strange, <laughs> but okay, she got a car. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, because if she didn't get that car, how would Emilio Estevez uh, drive up to the mountains <laughs> later to stock Andy McDowell? Oh, so anyway, oh. and then from there, this is this movie so weird. They're they're 
Wendy's uh, volunteering at a soup kitchen. And uh, yes. uh, Jules and Leslie come by to eat with the homeless. But ignore the homeless is essentially what they do. They make no attempt. They're not terrible people. They're so self-absorbed. They sit yeah. around a bunch of homeless people and talk about their white people problems. Like, it's yes. so dumb. Yes. And there's literally a woman sitting next to, like, a very sad old homeless-looking lady sitting next to Jules while Jules is going off about being like a bag lady and how she doesn't want the only to. And so she's going to. At the end of the scene and just saying, fuck you, you homeless bitch, yeah. and then leaving. <laughs> exactly. like, that's the only thing exactly. missing from this scene because they don't well, care. But what this scene is is actually the intervention for Jules. So they, the girls, Leslie and Wendy, just stage this intervention because Jules is really flying off the handle now. Because she's dating her boss. She's in crazy debt, um, even though she's dating the boss. And, of course, there's the coke habit that she just can't stop putting the powder up her nose. Um, and she is not, does not care. She is a woman of the 80s, and this is the better time than any to do it. And she doesn't want to be a bag lady. So they're... Um, their outfits, actually. The girls' uh, wardrobe in this. Oh, my God. We have somebody in... I think she's turtleneck and overalls together. Um, oh, no. Maybe it's a button-down and overalls. They're... they're uh, Ali Sheedy's wearing, like, a doily at one point. It's very... <laughs> very confusing fashion. But, um, yes. Oh, we, uh, we also find out here... Uh, is this where we find out that Billy is working for a Korean gangster? Yeah, but I I guess they had said something about that, but I think I missed that part about Billy because then there's a random scene of him in a hot tub with some woman, and yes, Asian and man a, walks in, the and, Korean gangster that he works yeah, for. Yeah, cut to different scene. Nothing comes yeah, of that. Yeah. It's never spoken about again. No, it was just to have a, a hot tub scene for Rob Lowe. I think I'm not sure what that was about. And again, he's in that hot tub with some other random woman. It's it's yes. it's so dumb, and it's just I don't know. Anyway, then we go. Oh, and nothing is resolved at this intervention either. She basically says, "Oh, I'm fine. Don't worry about me." Um, she also says, "Yeah." She also says, "Oh, did you know that cremation costs as much as an actual burial?" Which I don't think is true at all. Well, she's trying to figure. I don't know that her step monster ever dies, but she's constantly preparing for the step monster's death. Correct. Well, she really wants her dead. She yes. wants her yes. dead and is always talking about her, which it kind of pays off on, in the end just a little bit. Right, but right. But, yeah, it's, I, I, nothing comes of this intervention. No. Nothing comes of this scene. Again, if the purpose of it is to say, look, there are homeless people, there are real problems, look how terrible these characters are. <laughs> okay, I get it. But right. I don't know that that's the purpose of the scene. No. I really don't. No, no. I don't it. know that this movie is that smart or self-aware. <laughs> so then, this is another This is another really good scene. See, I keep talking about how bad this movie is, and then I talk about good scene after well, good scene. Well, how good scene. the scenes are. Well, is this... Uh, this which... is this is when uh, Kirby is stalking Andy McDowell. Oh, this, this plot line, this... this... This Kirby and this stalking, it really, it's another thing that could, just like Jules is upset, it could be a thing of itself. This could be a movie of itself. Yeah, and I feel bad. I feel like Emilio Estevez got really saddled with, the, he, he looks the worst in this movie. This, this obsession makes him look like a total creepo. Oh, this is the scene where he really creeps out and he's, they allow him peaking. to. They're ha- 
She's at a party and he's watching her in the rain. He's standing in the rain. He, he peeks bikes through to her a window. In the rain. Yeah. He, yeah he, he's on a bicycle <laughs> for some in reason. In the pouring rain. In the pouring rain. And well, he because walks, he didn't get the LeBaron yet. He walks into this party that she's at. Soaking and wet. Dripping. Everybody's dressed to the nines. Yeah, it's a big doctor party. I mean, she asks him up. how he is. And he says, I'm obsessed, thank you very much, which <laughs> she should call the police. She is never alarmed. She is not alarmed at all. She turns around from her little fancy buffet table and just yeah. this drenched guy in front of her. And she's just like, how are you? She takes him <laughs> back to her apartment oh, then. that's right. And, that's right. And, and another great part is when, when he's... When he's smelling her pillow. <laughs> and the, the roommate, and the roommate looks, looks at him. <laughs> well, this is when she takes him back to the apartment to prove to him that she's like, I don't take out the trash. My roommate doesn't even like me. And the roommate's like, I don't like you. Right on cue. It's, she's trying to prove to him that she's unstock worthy, I guess. But uh, rule number one, when someone comes to you soaking wet at a party and tells you he's obsessed with you, you don't invite him to your house, Andy McDowell. And, and telling, yeah. And telling him that you don't take out the garbage. You look like Andy McDowell and you're a doctor. Right. The, right. The, it's not going to turn him away <laughs> to say, Oh, sometimes I don't take out the garbage. My homely looking roommate doesn't like me. <laughs> right. My homely looking roommate is insanely jealous of me, the way I look and my profession. Right. And she hates me for it. Of course she does. So at the end of this, what he gets out of this, because he's brain damaged, I'm assuming, is that she doesn't want him because he doesn't have money. And he's very appreciative for her telling him that, which she did not tell him that. No. And he says, thank you very much. Now I understand. <laughs> I don't have money. And he leaves and seems really happy about this. Yeah. He's satisfied. He got the answers he needs. So what does he do about this? He throws a fancy party <laughs> at someone else's at house. At the Korean, because then he gets a job for the Korean gangster. Why does this guy keep hiring these stupid kids? <laughs> Like, was he a reference on Rob Lowe's resume? And he's like, oh, that guy who was just no. banging chicks in my hot tub. I'll hire his friend. <laughs> that seems like a great idea. I think somehow Alec in the Republican office knows the Korean gangster. I think he's hooking yeah. them up with all these jobs. And for as for terrible as he is for cheating on his girlfriend, these friends of his are ruining his political career. <laughs> True, true. So he throws this party for Andy McDowell, who doesn't show up. But He's calling the hospital. Yes. He goes to He's her apartment pissed. and threatens to, I'm going to say, murder her roommate. <laughs> you don't know what he I'll do He says something to you. like, I will not be responsible for what I do to do you to if you. you don't tell me where she is. <laughs> so she tells him where she is. And where is she? She's in the... <laughs> She's skiing with her boyfriend or fiance. I don't know. Yeah. In the snowy mountains in somewhere far, far away, you assume. So he leaves this party that he's throwing. There's a ton of people at this party, by the way. I don't yeah. know who all these people yeah. are. But also at this party, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Yeah. Leslie finds out that Alec's been cheating on her. They she has a big hunch. Yes. yes. He yes. thinks that... Um, 
what's his name? Uh, Paul McCartney. Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> told her, but yes. he didn't tell her. A fist fight ensues because he is so angry. He hits. Um, it's right, it's I the think. it's the best fist fight this movie has, which is one punch thrown and one guy falls to the ground. True, true, true. <laughs> yeah, and she says, "No, he didn't tell me. I was just guessing." Which right. uh, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, that's a- going to be a pretty educated guess there. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. So everyone's lives are falling apart essentially. Oh, it's is, it's is, a mess. And then happening. we're um, we cut back to uh, Kirby. And he goes to her, the cabin in the woods. Yes, yes. Um, her, she's there with her boyfriend. He's upset by this and surprised by this. He 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 is really surprised when some guy answers the door. Because <laughs> the guy's like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Who the hell are you?" <laughs> That's right. And she, the best is when she walks up and goes, Kirby. Yeah, she's happy to see him. Right. Again. This is Not the at all dumbest alarmed. doctor ever. Yeah. So he can't leave because he parked in the snow. Right. And he can't and drive away. That Christ little bear doesn't have good traction. Right. Right. So they invite him to sleep over. Smart move. She tells him to wear her boyfriend's pajamas, <laughs> which he he doesn't like that at all. No, I don't no, know if you no. noticed. This is that, very uncomfortable yeah, for him. He's got his arms crossed, and she kind of puts the them on his shoulder. And after yes, she leaves yes. the room, he just kind of like nudges them off until the pajamas. <laughs> he's so fall unhappy. <laughs> he didn't drive all this way. I don't know what he expected to find, but he didn't drive all this way. He thought that she would be alone in the lodge, just waiting for him to show up. But this no. is a this is a long scene too because it doesn't end there because we're still there the next day when he's leaving. This is a weird this goodbye. Is, this is the, the <laughs> dumbest part and best part. I don't. It's the worst. Let's say it's the worst. <laughs> I don't know. Would you, well, do you, do you please tell us what happens because this is just. Insane. So, so he goes to leave, and he's he doesn't want you know he's this is not the way he pictured things going down. And again, she is ever sensitive to him and his needs. I think is hugging him goodbye. The boy, they all walk him to the car. The boyfriend goes inside to get the camera because, of course, you're gonna want when your stalker comes up to see you. The first thing you want to do before he leaves you is get a little Polaroid of the two of you together. Why would he say this? Why would the boyfriend suggest this? If she did it, I'd understand because she's Looney Tunes, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the if Emilio Estevez said it, yeah, that makes sense because he's nutty too. Well, this is his opportunity though. The guy's inside, boyfriend's inside getting the Polaroid, so he doesn't want to let this opportunity go, the curbster. So he gives Andy McDowell this passionate kiss that like dips and blows her away. And she really is like blown away by this kiss. She's like, maybe, maybe this was a mistake. The Polaroid is taken. She gets a copy. She can't this, even the Polaroid. I did like that part because the boyfriend hands the psycho stalker, the Polaroid, he hands it to her. Right. Right. Which I thought was really great. And then well, he's he, all happy and he gets in his car and drives away. He knows he did what he had to do. He came, he saw, she, he's now this lingering effect on her mind. That's everything he wanted. Creepy. And the last the last thing to say before we never talk about Emilio Estevez again, because that's it. His, his character right, after finished. This, right, exactly. I don't know if you noticed, but when she looks at the Polaroid, <laughs> neither of them are looking 
at the camera. <laughs> They're both looking off to the side, which is really strange. To their future together, of course. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, Emilio Estevez leaves. His character's arc is finished, and that's it. Yes. Yes. Um, so Leslie's, Leslie's really bummed. She goes to Kevin for some support. Yes. Yes. And he supports her by having sex with her all over the apartment. Oh, they're in the kitchen. Sex. They're in the living room. The they're whole in time they're she's in the shower. Double strap pearls on her, and the pearls never leave her neck. They're in. He has a creepy coffin that he keeps in their apartment. At a certain point, I think they have sex on the coffin as well. They are just like bunnies. But this is because now it's not just Kirby that has obsessions. Because we also find out that Kevin has like pictures of Leslie, like in a box. And like the one of the reasons that everyone thinks he's gay is because he's really obsessed with her. And they get drunk together, and he confesses that to her. And in that confession comes this mad, passionate lovemaking scene that is way out of control. They just, it's everywhere. And like I said, the pearls and they break the shower, which they is They break hilarious. the shower, which I thought was kind of funny. It was, yeah. again, another part of this where she started laughing. Like, it seems like that was not intentional, that it just oh, sort of yes, happened during yeah, the scene. True. Like it was and a, she yeah. laughed. Like, it was, it was a nice scene. Right. So then the next day, Alec comes over and he finds out and... He's upset. She's upset. The end of that. It's it's the end of that because this is this is the big this is the big ending. This is the big emotional ending of this. They find out that Jules is in serious trouble. Big trouble. Repo, big high trouble. We find out that the repo <laughs> men came. They took, took all everything. of her furniture, every pink morsel and gold lamp. And what I thought was great too is apparently. They took that big painting of Billy Idol <laughs> or just came in and painted over it. Like said, you don't even deserve to have this. And they just no. painted pink over it because it's gold. The apartment she once has, yes, the apartment she once has is bare. Yep. Looks like a crack den. Right. She's, she was fired three weeks ago and has pre- yep. been pretending to go to work. She's locked herself in her apartment and is attempting to commit suicide. By, by freezing herself. She's got her face in front of a fan, I think. It's very cold it's, where she is. It's extremely cold. <laughs> Nobody else seems to be that cold, though. No. They're no, outside. No, no. They're not even inside. She's no. inside. She's locked herself in, and they right. can't. This this smart girl. She hasn't not. even removed clothes. Like, she's still wearing, like, a big giant T-shirt. Ah, uh, yes, yes, so, yes. But she has the windows open. It must be fall. So it's kind of chilly, I guess. I'm I'm confused as to what her they never talk about pills. They never talk about her having cut her wrists. This is her suicide attempt and it's the only thing I can think is that she's hoping to catch pneumonia and die <laughs> yeah. several weeks later. Yes. It's so dumb. Maybe she wants to die next to her step monster in the hospital. I don't I don't know. But yeah, she's trying to commit suicide by Leslie by... says you're going to freeze to death. And Alec or Kevin says, I think that's the point. But again, they're not even wearing jackets. <laughs> they're outside. I've it's never heard of anyone cold. committing death by by total freeze out or committing suicide by total freeze out. So her her methods no. are, are very unusual. But also um, uh, her apartment has bars on the windows. It's which, a dangerous uh, area. 
for as well, expensive as it is. Well, the fire escape leads up to these windows, so that seems dangerous to me. Yeah. To have bars that you can't get through to get out to a fire escape. <laughs> true, true. So even though they all climb the fire escape in hopes of saving her, that is not the way in. Yes, nobody goes to the door to her apartment either for a no. long time. No, And it, Okay, if, if this was to happen to you, if you were to see a friend who was apparently trying to commit suicide, mm-hmm. well, how would you handle it? What, what would be the first thing you would do? <laughs> no, well, I'm, I'm genuinely curious because oh, what oh. they do is bonkers. <laughs> well, first of all, I would find my wackiest friend. And send them in to make sure that that friend can mm-hmm. can can console them. You know, if there's anybody, it's the loose cannon in the group that's going to talk the most sense to the person that's on the edge. Would, would you tell that crazy friend um, to bring a blowtorch first? <laughs> would you tell him to go and, and grab a blowtorch and get it from a gas station and bring it <laughs> with him? That's right. That's right. Or would you just maybe just call the police and say <laughs> our friends locked herself in the apartment? So you you said they sent they send uh, they sent Billy in to talk to her. Yes, yes. And how does he sort of talk her down? What what does he do? Does he? Oh, this is a very poetic, very kind of um. Well, it's if you will, it's a titular monologue. This is where he explains to her. Um, it's. <laughs> about um the saint elmo's fire and what life is now she's distraught she's a mess and there's a weird giant is it a unicorn head and uh, no it's a clown head in the room with her at the time it's just like a mattress and this giant clown head and then the two of them i how does he explain the saint elmo's fire and what 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 is her her reaction to it then he he essentially explains that saint elmo's fire is all it's this illusionary kind of a thing and we're all just going through life and it's not real that the saint elmo's fire is kind of a yeah i i didn't understand it i really didn't (laughs) i I tried to understand it i tried to care what he was talking about um i really didn't the the only thing that i paid attention to was the fact that she had said that she really didn't want her stepmonster to die. She wanted her to tell her why her dad never loved her. It was a whole big mess. And he has an aerosol can and he's blowing fire in the air. I, I he's wearing he's also wearing leg warmers and two different colored Converse chucks. His fashion sense throughout the whole thing. There's another scene that he's in. Again, there's a scene that when he attempts to kind of rape uh, Jules when he drives her home and or she drives him home and he hides the keys in his pants. But he hides the keys in his pants so easy because he's wearing sweatpants. <laughs> So his choice of clo- fashion is is I don't understand it, but he's a bad boy. So so yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, he but, hides keys in his sweatpants. Wouldn't they just fall right down his leg, <laughs> right out the? But he just <laughs> drops them in, and he's like, "Yeah, that's a weird scene to me." Where that's when again, when I'm like, I don't think that I even like this character Billy or any of them enough to no. care what happens no. to them. You and know? that's a weird and, scene too because I'm like, wait a second. These two went to college together and they didn't have sex yeah. a lot. <laughs> it seems obvious. Why are you just trying now? Yeah, right. exactly. And this all happens outside of his home that he lives in with his wife and his baby, of course. He's just a terrible person in this whole 
Okay. Well, you you talked about the the giant clown head, and the thing that I thought was great about the giant clown head was Repo Man came and took everything, <laughs> except like you said, a mattress and a giant clown head, which means she brought that with her. <laughs> she had that. She had that growing up. I'm assuming she took that to college with her. Maybe it was a gift from her terrible dad who never loved yeah, her. That who means something to her. And <laughs> right. Yeah, and then she's fine, and then everything's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. You know, the two guys are fighting over Leslie. She hasn't made up her mind. Maybe she'll go off with Kevin. Maybe <laughs> she'll stay with Alec. She doesn't know. But can they all still be friends? Of course. Of course they can. Not Why a problem. Why would they? Yeah. Billy they leaves. All... Billy goes to New York. Yeah, he's going to... I assume he's dead within three years. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, that's the beauty of it. He, he goes to New York. He's got to move on. He's got a career in, um, leading, you know, playing the sax, I guess. To, that's to, right. Yes. To no, he hocked his sax. Remember? remember oh, he says that's he, right. I'm sure she gave him money. <laughs> to pay his electric bill yeah. or something. Yes. And, oh, and the best is before he leaves, he and Wendy have a conversation and he says to her, he considered being one of those weekend dads, but no, he's just going to abandon his wife and child. Yeah, yeah better to do that. Yeah, that's it's not better him. for his girl for him to get to up just and just disappear. Leave. To just disappear. Yeah, he's terrible. He's he terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, but he the don't. group sees him off to New York. They do. And, yeah, they uh, see him off, and. Um, and that's it. The end, right? Well, well. Then, of course, it's a beautiful ending. Of course, they go to St. Elmo's Fire, the bar, and you know what? It's only been three months since they've graduated college, maybe six tops. But they are. It's time to turn a new leaf, and no longer do they hang out at the bar. They're going for brunch. They're yep, meeting they're for brunch. They're going for brunch. They're meeting at noon. That's yep. stated for some reason. They make a big <laughs> deal about what time they're meeting. And yep. also, they all got kicked out of that place. They're not allowed back in there. That guy's no, not going to exactly. let them back no, in. they're a hot mess. I don't want them in my life, let alone in my bar. No. So, um, And yeah, they do. Yeah. They they all leave. I, I guess everything is resolved. I guess Jules isn't a coke addict anymore. Yeah, you're not sure if she's sobered up or not. Or Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I don't know. What are your what are your overall impressions of the movie? Like what was your overall thought when you were done with this? I um when I was when I I guess I felt that if I watched it at the time and that's why I'm interested that you said that you had. If I watched it at the time and I was the, of that age, perhaps that's what I would find it most relatable. Maybe that was just the pulse of college grads in the 90s. So I thought, when I first took away, I thought, well, this, somebody had to relate to this on a really, you know, certain level. I could not. <laughs> I thought it was, I I mean, it's an 80s movie, so I, can't, I don't know if I'd give it thumbs up or thumbs down. Like, it's a hard, as an 80s movie, I guess I'd give it a thumbs up because it's got all of these just great besides the actors the fashion the I mean, right it's just an iconic but I, I think movie. it's too difficult to put yourself in that situation and to say okay if it was the 80s i'd probably like it well maybe but i think it has more to do with the age that we are now rather than the time period we're living in because i think you could probably you could show some kid who's 14 15 16 years old this movie now they'd probably like it i think 
Because well, they don't are... know any better. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> okay, now what you were saying before, when you saw it as a as a kid or when you were yeah, what did you think oh, about it? I thought it was it I thought it was amazing. I thought it was you just did. I thought it was amazing. Like I thought this is this must be what life is like. This must be what you get out of college and you have all these responsibilities and oh my god, it's gonna be so out of control and so crazy trying to but then once you reach that age, like I think even if I'd watched it when I was in college, it would have felt terrible. Oh, I would have laughed. And it would have felt so phony. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. And just the whole, well, that's what I mean. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 what about you? What I, your... I couldn't, I couldn't recommend this. I really couldn't. I mean, I would say to people, I would say go to YouTube and yeah. look at some clips. Like right, watch. Right. Watch the scene where he's playing the saxophone. It truly is great. Like, it's such a bad scene. It's the most 80s this movie is, except for just what Jules' apartment looks like. Right, right, and right. And if you can find... See, that's the thing, is that Rob Lowe's character is clearly the worst. But the yeah. scenes that are worthwhile are the ones with him or Demi Moore in them. True. Like, well, I don't know. Some of those stalker scenes. Really so, yes. That felt like a separate movie. It was yeah. so weird. It yes. was so strange. Exactly. And just his correlation with, the, again, none of those friends ever tried to stop him. None of them said, I think you're going a little overboard for this girl. Maybe Jules and what's his name? Rob Lowe. Um, weren't that great, but everybody else was just so bad. They were just yeah. so boring. Like, yeah. Andrew McCarthy moped his way through this entire movie. Oh, I know it. I Any know scene it. with him in it, I was instantly depressed and I wanted it to end because I knew it wasn't going to be and worthwhile. it was the same little spiel that he kept doing <laughs> as this character. It was almost like his character had the same, like, rotating, like, right. everything's an illusion. Marriage is an illusion. Life yeah. is an illusion. What's Love's the an illusion. Of okay. life. Oh, and what yeah. a pretentious <laughs> asshole. He finally gets an article published and the title is The Meaning <laughs> of Life. <laughs> I wanted to pause it and read the article because you could see some of the article. I really wanted to do that. Maybe I will because I would oh, love. You might have to. I would love yeah. to see what it says because that's yes. just that's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. But well, yeah, you would know. I, I couldn't. You would know. I couldn't recommend this. I, I really couldn't. It's not worth it. So that's it. Yeah. I well, I will have to agree. Yes. Oh, the other, the other, um, two other great pieces of trivia about this. Um, Rob Lowe won a Razzie for his performance. I'm not surprised. I, you know what? How the rest I, of the cast I, didn't. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> that surprised me that he won and yeah. nobody else did. Like, unless he beat out everybody else, like everybody from the movie was nominated and he right, won. Right, right. Well, he does have, I mean, his he's got the biggest role, I would say. I mean, even... No, no, he won for Worst Supporting Actor. Oh! Emilio so Estevez so... was top billing. No joke. Yeah, and he's in half the movie, I feel like. And he's, oh, wow. Yeah. And um, just one other piece of information here. Um, Please. The role of Jules. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you know, uh, okay, Joan Cusack was offered the role. Wow. That would have made she it a little more it down. interesting. She was like, I cannot. Right. Jodie Foster offered the role, turned it down. Yeah, I could not see Jodie Foster taking that seriously. And a Good Times Great Movies favorite, Tatum O'Neill. Offered Whoa. the role, turned it down. So. Oh, Tatum. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, so I'm sure that all three of those actresses are people that we're going to see soon enough at some point, (laughs) but they were not in this, and somehow Demi Moore got it and just rasped her way through her entire performance. When she talks to him about being gay, I couldn't understand a word (laughs) she was saying. I was like, do I just have the volume down really low? But no, it's just she's so raspy, and she's whispering. Anyway. What uh what what would you recommend? Would you recommend anything instead of this movie? Well, I have to say that the movie that I did see that is kind of but it's of a different age, but it's the same sort of coming of age of of a group of friends. The Big Chill, which I is also an 80s and and so I don't know if it's fair to recommend it, another 80s movie, but I like The Big Chill as a group movie. I I have seen that one, and I thought when I ended St. Elmo's Fire, that was my thought. was like, wow, if this was the kind of big... Because the big chill is about 30-somethings, and this is about 20-somethings, clearly. And I said, it. I just thought that it was... And, of course, I mean, Reality Bites has a certain comparison level. And, again, a movie I... Maybe because it's of more relatable to me... Um, I would recommend Reality Bites ten times over St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah, I mean, Reality Bites is funnier. It's yeah. smarter. The dialogue's better. The performances mm-hmm. are better. Like, it's the same movie. It really yeah, is. Yeah, uh-huh. But it's uh-huh. just so much better. And you're so right. So much. The big chill. It's like if the characters in this movie eventually got their shit together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what the big chill is. But the big right. chill, again... It's better performances from better actors and a better script. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's everything that this movie wasn't. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) But so mine are very... What what, what recommendations would you have? Um, I have a recommendation that that I thought may tie into this because a movie I would love to see would be these characters in college. Ah, true. Yes, yes. Because, and and what I'm going to recommend is... Pretty recent, 2002, um, I don't know if you saw it, The Rules of Attraction? Yes, yes. Okay. I would recommend that because, again, the characters are unlikable. They are terrible people. Uh They're worse than these people, but it works sort of in the microcosm of college. Like, it makes sense that they're terrible people, Mm -hmm. and it makes sense that they think that they're so important in that environment they're not dealing Agreed. with homeless people. Like it's so, it's, <laughs> yes, but, but yeah, I would recommend that. Um, it's, and it's, it's such a nice looking movie. There's a lot of split screen. There's a lot of, okay. um, like the movie starts and you watch it for about five minutes. And then what you just saw plays in reverse for five minutes. Oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. really cool. There's some smart things about it. So it's worth seeing. So basically don't see St. Elmo's Fire. And if you've already yeah. seen it, then, you know, it's a great, memory for you but um right if you if you saw saint elmo's <laughs> fire 10 years ago and you liked it just Keep that you, yeah you, you don't don't see it again no don't watch it again Mm-mm. no i wish i hadn't watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes these will happen i kind of liked it it's this great brat pack movie oh and i really i really as i was watching i tried not to compare it to the Breakfast Club, but I found mm. that really difficult, and I found myself comparing it to The Breakfast Club, and Emilio Estevez was so much movie. better in The Breakfast Club, and Judd movie, Nelson yeah. was so much better in The Breakfast oh, Club. And Ali Sheen, <laughs> she, she was a character, was so much she wasn't so cardboard, I know, I know it. Yeah. I know. Oh, and it, that came out the same year. 
No joke. Yeah, so they played high school seniors and then early 20-somethings in the same wow. year. So, yeah, they're very talented. Well, <laughs> hard-working crew there, hard-working crew. All right. Um, so I think I think we could sign off. I yeah, think. I think I, I think we fully um, t- tore apart this movie. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yes, yes. We did. This is not a recommendation. No, no, stuff. no. So what are we going to do next week? Uh, you we jumped are, the you jumped the gun. Oh, next week? No, two weeks. Two we weeks. Every two we weeks. are bi-weekly. We are a bi-weekly podcast. That's right. Yeah. I ah, uh, we are going to be celebrating our fathers. That's right. All three of them, if we mm-hmm. have them. Mm-hmm. If you have more than. You were raised by three <laughs> swinging bachelors, right? <laughs> Every good girl was, don't you know? Yes, we're three men and not a little lady. No, yeah. I think that's she's, in the 90s. Yeah, she's just a baby at this point. And I, I got to tell you, I can't wait for Tom Selleck's mustache. I just can't wait to see that thing flopping all over the screen. You know what? I would think the same thing, but boy, <laughs> two weeks ago I said, I can't wait for St. Elmo's Fire. So now I don't know what to expect. This, Did you this... know there was going to be that much sweaty sacks and Rob Lowe? You didn't. And had you known, maybe you would have been a little more reserved. Maybe, but I think that's what kept me going at that point. It's like, this is so terrible. Oh, wait, he's playing the sax. Okay, all right. I'll give it another ten minutes. I'll keep watching this. Yeah, so we'll be watching uh, Three Men and a Baby. Um, you can follow us on Facebook Please and do. Twitter. Now, on Twitter, we're still at underscore Be Kind, kind. Rewind. Mm-hmm. That's not our name, though. Mm-mm. No. no. Not at all. No. Nope. Um, but find us, on, find us on Facebook, whatever. If you're listening to us, you probably already found us on Facebook. Oh, did you, did you see we already have three reviews? On I iTunes, seen three people, and they all loved it. So I'm assuming one was me, one was you, and one was I don't know. My daughter got on somehow. That's excellent, awesome. Well, yes. And yes. If you do like us, please let us know. And if you don't like us, don't tell us because our self esteems are low enough as they are. You know, that's right. So no. don't tell us if you don't like. We it. know. Um, we already know this is not worth exactly. listening to. Right, yeah, right. You're not telling us this is for you're not our us anything We don't know. Right. <laughs> If you're not into it, you're not supposed to be. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. And uh, we will see you in two weeks. Bye. See you then. Growing up, you don't see the writing on the wall. Passing by, moving straight ahead, you knew it all. Well, you are no. Look, let me just introduce you to Ron. He's gay too, and he's 